Hi, and welcome to the B2B Marketers on a Mission podcast. I'm your host, Christian Klepp, and one of the founders of I'm Blake Consulting. Our goal is to share inspirational stories, tips, and insights from B2B marketers, digital entrepreneurs, and industry experts that will help you to think differently, succeed, and scale your business. Welcome, everyone, to this episode of the B2B Marketers on a Mission podcast, where you get your weekly dose of B2B marketing insights. This is your host, Christian Klepp. And today, I'd like to welcome a guest into the show who, as he puts it, has a passion for new ideas, is obsessed with all things technology, and is always seeking to broaden his perspective while striving for balance. Mr. Brian Mahoney, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me on, Christian. It's a pleasure to be here. Right. I'm really looking forward to this conversation, Brian. So why don't we just get things started? And, um, you know, before we dive into um, your area of expertise, I cannot help but ask you the question, um, and it's something that we brought, uh, you know, we talked about in, a pre, um, in our previous call, and you brought up this phrase, which I thought was so apt. Um, it was um, something around monarchies and militia, I believe it was. And, <laughs> yeah, and yeah, I, yeah. I, I, can't, I, I can't help but ask you this, Brian, but, you know, uh, your, your take on what's, you know, what happened with, uh, with GameStop and whatnot. Is this like um, foreshadowing events to come or, you know, what, what's your take on that whole story? <laughs> It's a great question. Uh, uh, first off, I can't uh, say that I coined that phrase. Um, I first <laughs> heard it from uh, one of the partners at um, Andreessen Horowitz, okay. uh, guy, a guy by the name of Chris Dixon, and he he used it to describe sort of the uh, in the context of technological um, adoption and and sort of what's happening in the digitization of the world. The the militias being sort of like the open source community and and all these different developer forums, and then the monarchies being sort of these closed enterprise based system. So yeah, um, that's sort of like the con <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Right. So that's yeah. sort of the context and, and quite relevant for uh, the space I'm in, um, which I'll, I'll touch on here a little bit later in the show. Uh, mm-hmm. But in terms of relating to the what's happening in the markets and, and the GameStop, uh, you know, sort of I call it the you could say social capital or, or social mm-hmm. finance. Um, you know, it's, it's frankly, it's, that's the power of the internet, right? It, it yes. is these, these forums that are serving as sort of mass um, coordination and, and collaborative networks, people putting their, or, or, you know, the militia coming together online, right? And <laughs> putting their capital behind the, the things that they believe in and, and disrupting the, the, the sort of traditional, uh, in this case, traditional capital markets. And I think actually there's, there's quite a few sort of, um, you know, uh, tailwinds behind that and, and drivers uh, it's more than so than just you know people are are trading and, and the internet is around, but also there's bigger implications like you know with COVID nineteen uh, gripping the world, people are home more than ever, looking for other ways to collaborate and and sort of you know they're also with especially with like government stimulus checks at least here in the U S. Yeah. Lots of people have uh, extra money; they're not going out, right? Mm. They're they're not spending it uh, on frivolous shopping experiences or or trips anymore. So. Yeah. It seems that the stock market is benefiting from that and and you know less commuting time to the office means more time and home and mm-hmm. and more sort of leisure time if you will so i yeah. think uh, you're seeing that those, those trends be reflected in in the stock markets right with robin hood and the gamified apps yes. uh, taking in and then obviously the sort of the media side as well with streaming and, and everything else being you know super um super high on, on on sort of usage by by everyone around the world exactly well, that's incredibly interesting, and I think you um, you brought up some really great points there. Uh, it, it sounds to me like it's a kind of a a mixture of um, or or a combination rather of a disruption and and kind of a natural progression of things given the current state of events. Wouldn't you say? 
Yes. Yeah. I think uh, really this is an inflection point for society at large. I mean, I, I think yeah. we are witnessing the digitization and financialization of everything. I mean, yeah. markets markets already rule everything around us, right? It's you know, that's that's capitalism at its finest, and and capitalism is sort of the top uh, the top system that is the governance you know mechanism for people in most countries, or at least in the Western world for sure. And uh, you know the eastern side less so, but still they they do play in the capital markets regardless, right? And so I think um, that's been a system that has designed and and you know dating back to the, the founding of the, of the USA, uh, but that was pre-internet, pre-tech, you know, pre-technology, yeah. pre-digital everything, and yeah. and I think you're seeing sort of these you know these communities gather online that are borderless, right? And, yes. and um, the, the, the internet has unleashed the the power of the the average Joe and removed sort mm-hmm. of the, the barriers to entry for anyone and and you know I think uh, you're, you've sort of seen it happen in more um, I guess or let's put it this way less regulated environments so music is a great example of this right there's been yeah. uh, you know dating back to the 90s right those had the peer-to-peer file sharing like with Napster. Oh, and gosh, sort of yeah. that eroded eroded the the music industry right? that, that, I mean, that from within. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And there's a lot of problems in the music and the music space. You know, from a business model perspective, I mean, you see, you yeah. know, famous artists getting um, publicly exposing their their overlords. Look no further mm. than Kanye West's Twitter feed, right? Um, so <laughs> I think it, it's it's been a um, just in terms of uh, a, a long time coming for these sort of more regulated markets and the moat mm. has been bigger around them, right? Wall Street's had its grip on society for a long time. And, yes. um, you know, they continue to sort of rule the world, you know, from a, you know, from a U.S. perspective with the big lobby budgets and, and working with the government. And, and I'm not saying that that it's wrong. It's just the, the game is, is starting to change, right? And, yes. and, and they, they played the game and, and have been winning the game for, you know, the past few decades, or and frankly, the past century, right, with the mm-hmm. industrialization, right, and, and into the just sort of the different um, boom and bust cycles of the economy. But um, all that aside, the internet is is sort of allowing people to to access opportunities in in ways that they hadn't been able to, you know, before, right, right. and. and um, you have that coupled with, you know, increasing uh, ease of use and, and sort of internet proliferation across the world. Mm-hmm. And it no longer matters where you are. And, you know, we had sort of this, it's like an oil and water sort of situation, meaning, you know, there was the traditional structures that were holding strong and yes. the technology has been eroding it from, you know, over the past, I would say sort of the 20 years has been sort of the, the really, it's really accelerated and, and mm-hmm. social media has been sort of the, the, um, the point for that. And mm-hmm. now that's starting to leak into everything else. I mean, even healthcare, right. It's, it's yeah. now you have telemedicine as a common thing. And then then add in COVID and you, ha- you have five years of change in, in, in 10 months, right. It's just yeah. this mass accelerator for all these sort of digital tailwinds and in all the industries. Right. And so anyways, I think GameStop is just sort of the, the, the what's happened there and, and with Reddit and everything else, it's, it's just, uh, well, one, one example in a long history of examples where oh, yeah. technology and, and the militias have been able to, or the, the crowds have mm-hmm. been come together and, and, um, you know, use their power in numbers, right. To, to in, exactly. in, inflect change. And I'm, I'm pretty excited about what it means for you know the future of the world, and I'm, I, I remain an optimist. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing where it goes, and I'm, I'm trying to have my hand in, in um, facilitating it as well from the from a blockchain perspective. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, speaking of blockchain, I mean, let's let's uh, jam on that for a little bit because you know you've clearly um 
developed your expertise and built up your career around that. So walk, walk us through, um, you know, the benefits of using blockchain and what are some of the challenges that you feel um, blockchain has helped to address? Sure. So I, I view blockchains as, you know, just a, it's a collection of databases, right? I mean, it's, people throw it around like as this sort of complex term and, and there seems to be a theme in, in, in the industry. The more complex you make something, the, the smarter you seem. But I, right. I prefer to just sort of, you know, think of it as um, a, a mass coordination mechanism. Mm -hmm. and, and what I mean by that is if you think back to sort of, I mean, this has been, this is how humans coordinate on a mass scale. That's why I mean, to quote Yuval Harari in, in, in the book Sapiens, right? That's sort of why humans or Homo sapiens have been the top species is because they've been able to coordinate in numbers. And that's sort of why they've been able to take over the world is because they, they invent things to coordinate on mass scales. So blockchains are sort of the underpinning of the internet economy that um, for the first time ever, we can have money actually baked in digitally. And you need a record to store that and you need one source of truth. And blockchains unlock that, right? So... It's the same way if you know you, you use your um, you, you have your money at a bank now, right? It's your money is digital there, right? You know if you yes. go to your 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 bank, um, just pick like J.P. Morgan Chase, right? Mm -hmm. You're not you're never actually dealing with physical money these days. I mean, you can go to the ATM and withdraw it, but yeah. most of the time it, it's it's digital, and and the balance you see when you log in your checking account, it is digital, right? It's just a bunch yeah. of debits and credits on some Excel spreadsheet that sits in a database. Mm -hmm. The difference is, is that you're trusting JP Morgan. They're the brand there. You know, you trust them to get your funds back if they're hacked or, you know, some credit is uh, uh, some transaction is, is fraudulent that you, you trust JP Morgan. And that's starting to change. I think people are, you know, waking up to the, the power of sort of um, what Wall Street has had over their lives. And, and so that's sort of this, you know, organization of back to the militia thing, people are yep. looking to sort of co uh, coordinate on, on in new ways and, and transact in new ways. And, mm -hmm. and if you can attain financial freedom, which is what these open source systems allow that are built on blockchains with money inherently built in, right, that's that's sort of the, the power of it. And so um, I, I think of blockchains as just sort of this this ledger for an internet age, right? It's, it's sort of the new way we, we track and, and transfer value. Yeah. And in addition to being um, this master coordination and, and sort of record keeper, there's also uh, the security element, right? There, yeah. there is this concept of, uh, and that's what, what Bitcoin has been famous for. And that's why mm -hmm. you have all these Bitcoin maximalists out there. And yeah. because they, they're, they're, they love the fact that Bitcoin is, you know, it can't be controlled by anyone. It can't be taken down by anyone, right? So mm -hmm. if there's a nefarious actor in the system, whether it's a government or some other organization or an individual, you know, it, it's, it's hard to sort of take over the network because there's so much, it's been decentralized and, and a bunch of people are invested and incentivized to keep the Bitcoin blockchain you know, having one source of truth, right? So that's, I would sum it up as the benefits of blockchain being, you know, sort of this this coordination mechanism, uh, the fact that there's the security and, and transparency element of it, and then a, uh, just a general record for for internet economy and functioning on that. Um, right. So yeah, and then and in terms of, um, I believe you asked, the second part of your question was the, the problems or, or some of the yeah. yes the, the issues that uh, blockchain uh, sort of needs to overcome for at least, the way I think about it from a mainstream sort of adoption. And by the way, I think if you look at the markets now, I would yeah. say we have arrived at the mainstream. I mean, it's, it's, yeah. it's COVID again is sort of this accelerator. So we're at a very interesting time. And mm. I, I certainly am I'm loving kind of participating in this, this mass inflection point for, for society at large. But mm. I think blockchain still has a complexity problem. Um, I think 
again, people get carried away with different terms and buzzwords. And I myself are, are guilty of this because I'm literally in, you know, living this 24 seven. Um, but I try to always take a step back and, and center myself. So I think there, there's one, there's just sort of this, there's a, there's a complexity problem to it and that these technologies need to be sort of distilled down so that the average person can, can interact with them. And you're seeing lots of companies, I mean, look no further than Coinbase. That's why they're a 50 billion plus company that's supposed to be going public here in the next few weeks because yeah. they have mastered the the way to get access and, and made it simple for people mm-hmm. to understand, you know, and within sort of the principles and, and um, products that they're used to dealing with, they've, they've molded it to that but, and, and sort of extra, abstract away that complexity to dealing with these blockchain-based mm-hmm. uh, products and services. And then there's also this usability thing, uh, which I think is another sort of, and that's more so focused on the space that I'm in, but if you're dealing with, um, you know, digital assets on top of these blockchains, there, there is sort of this, you know, how do you get access to it? How do you make sure your funds are safe? There's this whole thing of hacks and, you know, also the media, the media sorts of, depending on which website you're going to or which news organization you're, you're, you're looking at, there are, um, you know, lots of different spins on, on the sort of how the, uh, the blockchain based, you know, economy and, and yes. what the risks and, and, and back attack vectors are. So, right. Uh, that 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 I think is starting to get sorted out. Um, you know, we're in the early days of it, but it, but you know, with this momentum of mainstream sort of acceptance behind it, um, I think the usability. These are all problems that just you know, whether it's usability or or sim- just creating a more simple experience, they will be solved. Exactly, exactly. Um, Brian, you, you know, you broke that down so beautifully. Um, you've given us a look under the hood, and I think that was really important. Now, just for the benefit of the listeners, let's have a look under the hood again, and let's sure. um, let's talk about some of these. And, and, and I'm sure you're going to have um, you're going to have a field day with this question. What are some <laughs> of the key misconceptions that you've seen out there that people have when it comes to the topic of blockchain? Well, so <laughs> this, is a, this, is a, this is a this is a loaded question. Um, I, I I would just. I'll sort of just kind of sum it up. And sure. I'm going to try to keep it short and sweet. So, yeah. um, you know, I, I, the way I would respond to that is, is, you know, is fire, right? Because fire, you would say, is a technology, right? Yes. I mean, that's sort of what, I mean, go back to sort of the evolution of humans, fire is what enabled us to, uh, at least from what I understand, um, to come down from the trees, if you will, and then yeah. sort of be the, you know, the, the land animals that we are today. Mm-hmm. Um so, so fire is this technology that can be used for good or for bad, right? You could right. burn down someone's home or you could keep yourself warm. Mm-hmm. I think uh, that is a similar sort of situation that's playing out with technology at large, right? It's just, yeah. you know, we, we're now in the internet age and, and whether it's social media or crypto or, you know, AI or you name it, pretty much sort of any, any technological um, evolution that's been occurring you know, especially more recently with the sort of the, the, the differences that's been rapidly evolving. Um, there's nothing inherently evil about blockchain or inherently sort of bad. It's just how people themselves decide to use it. Um, so the fear of, of, I think, governments around it, and that's sort of why there's this, this messaging with it, is that, you know, um, they are losing control of sort mm-hmm. of the system that they've built and mm-hmm. technology. I mean, again, and, and by the way, uh, how do governments control the world, especially when I think about my government in the U.S.? Well, yeah. their number one export is the U.S. dollar, right? Mm-hmm. And that is how they control and run societies around the world. And you could argue that, but but I would say, generally speaking, that is, and our, our defense and other things too, but mm-hmm. I would say, 
the dollar is the, one of the top sort of mechanisms we have to, as a, as a country, mm. um, control and, and push our agenda on, uh, mm. in terms of a foreign policy as well as, well as a domestic policy. Yeah. And so blockchain and crypto uh, as part of a package, because um, the two are, are very much linked, um, erode that and, and, and are a threat to that. So there's different narratives that, you know, depending on who you are, Wall Street or, or government, or you know, I would say the more traditional, the monarchies, they're they're sort of scared of it. They they think you know it's going to sort of ruin the system or, or disrupt the system that they've built. And so um, I think that there's nothing inherently bad about crypto and blockchain. It just depends on the the the, the concepts and and um, use cases that people are using it for. Yeah, yeah. Well, you, you know what? You brought up such a great point. It actually reminds me of. Um... It was a webinar that I um, I attended last year, and it was by this guy. He positions himself as a financial expert. You've probably heard of him. His name's Ken Honda. So, and Ken basically said that when he was growing up as a kid in Japan, um, his parents told him that money was evil, right? So money and currency are evil because it leads to greed and so on and so forth. And it's ironic that somebody right. who grew up with his parents having instilled that mindset in him, he grew up making a business out of teaching people how to like, you know, lead a better life and, and, and control their finances. Right. Mm -hmm. So basically, um, and, and it's going back to your point, it's um, money isn't evil. Uh, it, it's not bad. Uh, cryptocurrency, Bitcoin, and, and, and so forth. They aren't bad. What makes it bad is like the intention, right? That's or, exactly right. Or I don't even want to go down the negative. <laughs> correct, correct. It's, it's not like yeah. let's not go let, let's not go down the negative slope. But like um, the, uh, I'm just sure. saying like it, it, it's really dependent on like okay, what's your purpose? What's the intention? What's the long term goal? Right? There's got to be an end game here somehow. Right. Right. Yeah. No, I, I totally agree. Um, yeah. So so in our case, you know, I'm, I think about this quite a lot. Um, you know, I think that it, 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 there's no denying that. Again, I, I sort of mentioned this at the beginning, but. Mm -hmm. The financialization and digitization, these are just major tailwinds for yeah. uh, the world at large, right? I mean, yeah. markets, I mean, I'm seeing it firsthand in, in just the space that I'm in, which, you know, I think has cracked sort of a trillion dollar market cap pretty recently. Mm -hmm. And that mm -hmm. is, you know, that's not, a, that's not a small feat. It's taken, you know, since oh. Bitcoin came about, in, uh, you know, 13 years ago. So um i i think that you know that this is it's already inevitable like the, the technology is going is here the genie's out of the bottle whether we like it or not you can't put the genie back in which in this case is crypto or or right. even ai yes you know pick pick your sort of and this is more of a blockchain based discussion here but sure i, I think that's why you have you know elon musk and and um some of these other guys um like bezos and and some of the top sort of names and, and billionaires mm -hmm. in the world talking mm -hmm. about ai mm -hmm. right it's because of it, it's it's inevitable really i mean it's yeah. just going to continue to get what do they call uh, there's this tendency towards complexity, right? Everything yes. will get more complex, can yes. get more complex. Yes. And so that's what's happening with, with innovation. And mm -hmm. just so happens a lot of the innovation continues to be on the internet. That's where people are spending more and more of their time. Uh, so from, from my perspective, I, you know, I may as well try to steer it from within. I mean, you know, mm -hmm. as opposed to resisting it, because eventually you're just going to get overpowered. It's almost like I think of like a, a river and a dam, right? Eventually right. The, the water will break through, right? Yes. So that's sort of, if innovation is the water and, and traditional sort of society or the, the way the current structures are is this dam and eventually the, the water gets 
high enough that it's going to over either go over the top or just completely destroy the dam altogether. Unless you let that, <laughs> yeah. you, know, you got to release that pressure. Right. So absolutely for, for me and, and sort of how I think about the world is, you know, we are, uh, we're trying to drive good and inherent good behind these products and, mm-hmm. um, you know, get ahead of it and, and think about where can this go, where is this going and, and how can we set up frameworks that allow for, um, you know, social good and, and society at large to benefit, right? Mm-hmm. And of course, you have the other side of the nefarious actors, which is why all the more reason to get in now and, and try to plant the flag for, yeah. you know, the good the, the good guys, right? Yeah. Um, so, yeah. you know, we're doing that in our products and services at Alchemy. Um, mm-hmm. And there's lots of other players that are out there doing the same thing. And, you know, um, it's a, I think it continues to be growing. It's a, it's a it's a growing sort of sector um, at large, right? Um, yeah. So, anyways, those are definitely amazing insights. Um, I think we're we're not going to spend uh, time uh, during this conversation to talk about the pandemic. Um, you can you can watch the news for that stuff. But like, um, yeah, talk to yep. us about talk to us about some of the changes to the blockchain landscape that you've seen, especially coming out of last year, and your top three predictions moving forward. Sure. Yeah, so um, this has been uh, uh, sort of what's been happening with, I wouldn't say, I mean, COVID was the catalyst, right? Yeah. But it's really sort of been the, the quarantine aspect and the response of governments that I think has driven this sort of um, increasingly you know, online wave, right? We are locked down in our apartments and have, you know, at least sort of in the US and some of the other uh, Western countries, I mean, I think Canada is a similar set up that yes. the stimulus checks, right? Right. So people are not spending money uh, as much, at least. Uh, I think credit credit card debt in the US, at least, is at an all-time low. I think it shrunk something, don't quote me on this, but something ridiculous like 10% or, mm-hmm. over the last year. Mm-hmm. So people are spending less on products and services, which, by the way, affects the GDP, which is pretty interesting. But yeah. I think that's a separate discussion. Um, yeah, probably is. <laughs> so, so in, but in terms of the way I see uh, how this has affected my industry specifically, um, you know, the money people are are looking to put money in, in um, new products and new services, right, to to generate wealth for themselves. And that's always been an innate thing. But we've, I guess, we're, we're, we're priorities are split or. People are, are have been distracted by maybe consumer products or diff, or going out or traveling, and yeah. now yeah. You're, you're, the attention is much more sort of focused on really the only thing that you can do on your computer. Mm-hmm. While one of the top incentives and motivators for for people at large is generating wealth, because yes. that is a direct implication on everything else in your life. And yes, um, so what you're seeing is you know, the stock market go through the roof and sort of separate from reality, because actually, you know, I think the economies and probably some of the worst shape it's ever been outside yeah. of what's happening on the stimulus side. Mm-hmm. But there, there are the people that have sort of that extra capital are putting it into the economy. And, and um, you know, I would, I would just say that crypto is a part of the economy as well. Mm-hmm. I view it as an extension of capital markets. And so the space that I'm in continues to see an influx of cash. Uh, and, you know, Bitcoin is sort of the, the entry point to it. Um, that's, that's the one that people can kind of get their hands around first because it's been around the longest. It's the most trusted, uh, right? But that's, uh, that's starting to spread to other areas. And, and it's not just retail, by the way, meaning the average kind of consumer, like, you know, someone like you and I, mm-hmm. these are institutional capital that's for the first time ever. And, and this is, you know, it's been broadly a retail space today, yeah. which is a bit different from traditional capital markets. Usually the banks 
create the financial products and then mm-hmm. you know distribute it out to the to the consumer. Mm-hmm. This is crypto has been direct to consumer historically, and that yeah. is now changing. The wall of institutional money is starting to come in. People oh, are uncertainly an all time. Yeah. <laughs> and uncertainty is at an all time high, right? Mm-hmm. And Bitcoin yes. sort of sort of has this uh, security, you know, element of it or, mm-hmm. and sort of like a hedge against the the economy or, or you know, the traditional markets at least at large. Mm-hmm. You know, the, it's gotten the attention of sort of the top asset managers um, you know, and pension funds and, and wealth managers, you know, around the world. Um, and so they're looking for ways to secure and, and manage their money um, mm-hmm. and, and still generate a, a return. And that's so that's been coming into Bitcoin. That's what's been driving the price. I mean, we're, you know, that's why we, we've cracked the all time high. I mean, it didn't go past 19,000. Uh, in the history of of the price, and then the last time was in 2017. Now it's at uh-huh. you know it's almost cracked 40. Jeez. Uh, so you know, I mean, that, and that's like been in you know six months, right? Yeah. So uh, you know, it's extremely volatile, by the way. I mean, mm. just because of the nature of new technologies, there is mm. always going to be volatility. Mm-hmm. But that's not reflective of I think sort of the longer term time horizon of of where this is going. Yeah. And so now that people are in Bitcoin. They're looking for other digital assets to sort of get their hands and, and, and hands dirty with or, or feet wet, if you will. Um, and so that's where they, this new thing called um, decentralized finance. Uh, and that's the space that I'm in. Um, but it's, it's really just a sort of structured product, structured finance, which is, you know, could be things like mortgage-backed securities or, you know, getting even simple as taking out a credit card or getting interest, right? That's sort right. of all the, the structured finance bucket. And so... That's being built out right now, and um, it, this institutional capital is, is starting to come in that direction. And so, we've positioned ourselves in my company to to take advantage of that, and mm-hmm. and by the way, um, to help facilitate that as well, and 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 solve a lot of other other folks in the space. Yeah. Um, so it's it's a really exciting time to be in in um, the crypto world, and and um, you know I think these 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 implications of what's what COVID has sort of caused and induced. Mm-hmm. on a society at large or, or, you know, it's not like we're going to go back to normal after this. Nope. <laughs> I, I think it's pretty clear that uh, this, this, you know, the, the vaccines while they're, they're around, it's, you know, the mutations are just, it continues to be sort of this, this pest that we can't get rid of. And so yeah. I think as a result, everything's you know going to continue to be more and more online. Yeah. We're, 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 um, we're not quite over the hill yet. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Hey, it's Christian Klepp here. We'll get back to the episode in a second, but first, is your brand struggling to cut through the noise? Are you trying to find more effective ways to reach your target audience and boost sales? Are you trying to pivot your business? If so, book a call with Einblick Consulting. Our experienced consultants will work with you to help your B2B business to succeed and scale. Go to www.einblick.co for more information. Okay, well, that's that's awesome. Um, you, you know, you mentioned something in our previous conversation that really got me thinking, and it, it, it's it's this one keyword that kept coming up. Like you, um, I'm just trying to quote you here, you said that the current blockchain landscape is very bifurcated. So um, explain to us what you think so and what can be done to address this, in your opinion. So there's this misconception that uh, sort of going back to what we were talking about earlier of you know, yeah. crypto or technology being bad, right? Yes. And, and crypto is just another form of technology. I mean, yes. so um, it's not inherently bad. What's inherently bad are the intentions behind it and the humans that operate the products and services that use this technology. So 
if you think about um, just sort of the evolution of the space, right, there's, I was talking about the usability um, sort of problem and an access problem that has been, is, is it's been solved by some and, and it continues to get solved. Um, most of those solutions for accessing uh, blockchain-based, you know, assets or, or products and services yeah. are what we call off-chain, mm -hmm. meaning they are not built on the blockchain. They're actually right. built using traditional corporate structures, legal entities, and databases. Okay. Now, they can write into the blockchain and access the products just as anyone else can. But they have chosen, if you, if you think about it as a stack, right, they've chosen to sort of keep their traditional stack of their technology um, back end, front end, the way mm -hmm. that they build their products and sit next to the blockchain, if you will. Uh, they call it off. We call it off chain yep. and interact directly with the the um, the blockchain based, you know, Bitcoin on down in terms of different assets. This has some benefits, right? Because uh, because blockchain yeah. as a technology is still sort of evolving. There's there's scalability problems and and other things that um, there's you know there's complexity with dealing with sort of a new new paradigm shift for for technology that blockchain enables. So as sort of this like interim step, um, these off chain services have been created, and that's Coinbase, right? One of the largest, I think, the largest uh, with their fifty billion market cap coming here. Mm -hmm. And going public, they are an entirely off-chain based um, company. Yeah, right? they are not built on a blockchain. They right. are just built the traditional way, but they serve their customers and access the blockchain behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. And then on the other end of the spectrum of the crypto space at large, you have on-chain. Right, there mm -hmm. are uh, these things called ICOs that were created back in 2017, and and that sort of got the attention of a lot of people because of the price with that, but. Um, that that aside, it's there's there's lots of other sort of products and services that have evolved to, to mm -hmm. be on chain, and these are things like they, they a lot of them use the word decentralized, in yeah. the, and it's a bit of a buzzword, but it basically just means open or open source technology. Mm -hmm. So, I want to I want to create a product or service. I want to build it on a blockchain. By doing that, I create a, an open source sort of system mm -hmm. that anyone can interact and things people things people are doing just like Coinbase, where a lot of people are accessing financial assets, you know, crypto assets um, through exchange it through exchanging, right? Mm -hmm. You can also do that on the blockchain. And there's these things called decentralized exchanges that live fully on chain. Mm -hmm. And there's a bunch of other sort of structured products and, and services that are evolving. Borrowing and lending is another huge um, opportunity in, in the space. And, and there's liquidity aggregators and market makers, lots of terms that capital markets, you know, have been around in capital markets for a long time. Those are mm -hmm. starting to get replicated on the, you know, this on-chain world. And in addition to the, what I mean by on-chain, there's also a bunch of competing blockchains out there that have raised lots of money to build out their ecosystems. Right. So there's a famous one that, you know, Bitcoin is on a blockchain, obviously, mm -hmm. uh, but there's another one that's quite popular and that has all the network effects right now. And that's called Ethereum. That's where a lot of people are building. And that's like a general purpose blockchain that uses this complex thing or just sort of term called smart contracts. But it's basically just uh, bits of code that can do your transacting on your behalf. And, and all these other blockchains are sort of trying to compete with Ethereum and, and what they've done. So you have two sides of the spectrum that um, one is built, you know, sort of serving a, serving a purpose, no doubt. And that's where a lot of actually the volumes are is on the off-chain sort of systems, right? And, and that's Coinbase on down uh, in terms of products. And then you have yeah. decentralized exchanges and other things that all live on chain. But there's no sort of middle ground 
which creates mm-hmm. this, this sort of bifurcation of of the crypto markets or digital asset markets overall. Mm-hmm. 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 There is continued innovation and evolution on the 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 on chain side, and and right. most of actually what you're sort of seeing as one of the top drivers in the space right now is what they call DeFi or decentralized finance, and that is a um, that's all on chain, meaning people are interacting directly with the blockchain to trade, borrow, lend, transact, right, send money, mm-hmm. remittances, all that. Yeah, that is reached a tipping point of activity okay. and meaning I think it's at um, the, sp- the market cap is like something like 40 billion now and, and sort of the deep DeFi arena. Yeah. So it, okay. it's, it's, you know, a year ago it was, I think it's a couple billion. So mm-hmm. it's, it's seen quite a lot of growth um, and from all over the world as well. So anyways, you yeah. have sort of these two bifurcated markets that are both doing this, trying to achieve the same thing, but built on inherently different corporate structures, right? Mm -hmm. One's more using, and there can be hybrids of the two, but you have this bifurcation. So what's happening now is a lot of the the centralized guys or the off-chain guys, Mm -hmm. if you will, are seeing what's what's happening Mm -hmm. in the the on-chain world. And they want to start to come over to because to tap into that because that's where all the innovation is happening. Yeah, that's where the new products and features and and, and you know stuff that's that's uh, just different, like built differently from the ground up, mm-hmm. is is being innovated over there. And and so uh, it is it is a process that has started to happen where yeah. uh, caught the, the this wall of money. You know, first it was into Bitcoin, right? Mm-hmm. And and it's coming there and it's been coming there now and increasingly. It's not all the way into that, but starting to, to and, and that's being facilitated by the off-chain guys. Mm-hmm. But the next phase of that is for all this capital or the wall of money, as I call it, moving on-chain, right? And that's when it truly gets digitized and, and there's, and that is starting to trickle in quite rapidly. And so um, Alchemy at my company, what we're doing is is offering a, a portal between the two or a gateway between the two worlds that allows for the, the centralized guys or the off-chain capital guys to come into the decentralized finance space or the on-chain capital world. Yeah. And the way we're doing that is we, we are offering a compliant way for them to do it, number one, a turnkey way for them to do it, number mm-hmm. two. And a and a, uh, we call it the actually we call it the three C's. So okay. connectivity, control, and capital. Mm-hmm. Uh, so connectivity, we make it easy to plug in. Control, we make it easy so that they can mitigate their risk and sort of know what they're getting into. Mm-hmm. And capital, uh, the, one of the big sort of problems historically prior to the forty billion sort of run up in the space was that there wasn't enough. You know, the juice wasn't worth the squeeze in terms <laughs> of these guys making the jump. Right? Yeah. They 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 want to deploy large sums of money. Mm-hmm. And the the blockchain based or on chain capital sort of world couldn't handle that sort of right. volume. Right. That is now changing. So we are we are offering ourselves or our, our our positioning is a we're sort of this gateway or launch pad into the on chain capital world because we want to help facilitate the revolution of you know capital all moving on chain because it's better for everyone. Right? Yeah. Especially in an internet age. Yeah. No. Exactly. Exactly. First of all. Thanks for sharing that. Secondly, the insights that you have um, contributed <laughs> to this conversation in the last couple of minutes are well worth this. <laughs> people taking the time to listen to this interview, if I'm going to be very honest, right? Um, no, I, I, I think, Brian, thank you so much for like laying that out for us there. I mean, like, sure. I, I believe you give us like this top level, I would say, perspective of what the current landscape looks like and, you know, how 
uh, you know, what the, I wouldn't say the consequences, but what the, what the current scenario is like, you know, it being bifurcated and whatnot. And also on top of that, how companies um, and, and entrepreneurs like yourself are uniquely positioned to um, address the challenges in the current ecosystem. So I think uh, mm-hmm. that, that that's, uh, that's definitely something worth looking into. Um, now that we've been, you know, we, we've been talking in these uh, past couple of minutes about like, you know, the, 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 the current landscape of, you know, blockchain and, you know, your top predictions and what have you. Talk to us about one thing that you think people should start and one thing people should stop doing when it comes to blockchain. I, okay, that's, that's, sorry, I'm just chuckling a little because there's a couple of ways I could go with this. Yeah, um, well, go, go anywhere you I would want. Say, <laughs> I, I would say uh, do your homework. Yeah. Uh, educate yourself. Mm-hmm. Don't listen to anyone else before yeah. you know what you're doing. Yeah. Because if you just follow the crowd or the herd, if you will. Yeah. And, and this, by the way, this can be applied outside of just sort of coming into crypto because a lot of people oh, think, oh, crypto, I want to make a bunch of money. And that, yeah. you know, that's sort of this the branding of it. So mm-hmm. I. Uh, there, therein lies my answer, I guess, to both problems is do your homework yeah. as a way that something people should start doing <laughs> and stop thinking of crypto as just this like get rich quick scheme because it's, right. it's much greater than that. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Well, that's fantastic, Brian. Speaking of which, um, do do us the honor and tell us a little bit about yourself. And most importantly, um, what's the story behind your nickname? Uh, Blockchain Brian. Yeah. <laughs> Or, or block, uh, right? <laughs> or block, yeah, that yeah. too. Um, well, so I, I've just sort of uh, adopted the, the, the. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm very obviously. Uh, if you, as you can tell, I, I think about this stuff quite a bit, um, mm-hmm. and so I, I, you know, it's just a bit of a, a catchy ring. Unfortunately, my my Twitter handle, I was not able to capture that. Someone took took that name, but on all other sort of social media channels, I, I've just I've taken the handle blockchain, Brian, I think it's just got a nice, nice ring to it. Um, and also sort of encapsulates how I, you know, think about the world and, and what, you know, blockchain sort of allows for the people. There's a lot of sort of stuff behind that and philosophical stuff as well that um, mm. for me is particularly enticing. Fantastic. Um, so my, so my, yeah. my background, um, you know, quickly is I, I, sure. um, so I, I grew up uh, in the Midwest. Uh, mm-hmm. So I'm a, I'm from Minnesota originally. Mm-hmm. I'm a hockey guy. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm a big big hockey fan. Of course you are. Yeah. Uh, to this day, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Little Canada, as, as yeah. uh, people say, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, or the, the 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 state of hockey. Yeah. Um, so I grew up there. Um, I grew up playing hockey outdoors, indoors. We actually had a rink in our backyard. Okay. Um, so so I, I, I you know hockey is very much in my DNA and very much a lifelong sort of sport for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I went uh, I went to school in the Midwest as well um, to University uh, University of Iowa mm-hmm. um, and uh, did a thing uh, did a, a study abroad program that sort of completely changed my perspective and outlook on life. Oh wow! Uh, it was called sem- called Semester at Sea. Uh, I did it when I was um, 21, mm-hmm. and got to travel the world uh, on this sort of ship, this cruise mm-hmm. ship, if you will, that was equ- equipped with classrooms. Yeah, and um, back then when people it, were doing that, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. It was, it, was, yeah. It, was, it was about 50 days at sea, 50 days at land, and we went mm. about we, we circumvented the globe. Uh, it was about 650 students from all over the world, mm-hmm. uh, and that and actually my dad um, did it back in 1980. Uh, and he and my dad's one of um, one of six, and um, uh, all of his brothers did it wow. as well. So it's very much sort of like a family thing. Um, mm-hmm. 
and a couple of my siblings went on it and cousins as well. So we, we're big fans of that, that program. But yeah. uh, that aside, what it, what it did to me, what it sort of did for me was open my eyes to the world and all the different perspectives. Cause I'd done some traveling growing up, but, but nothing quite like that. And it right. gave me the confidence to sort of enter into new situations and, you know, uh, come into foreign environments and with, you know, the confidence that you can sort of achieve your dreams or whatever it is you want mm-hmm. to do. And so I harnessed that and, and the, the perspective that it gave me. And I decided, hey, you know, um, I'm going to use my finance, finance degree yeah. um, to sort of pursue more of an international um, uh, career. Mm-hmm. And I, so I joined. Um, I wanted to, you know, I wanted to use finance as a degree because that's sort of the universal language of business. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, I and, and just, you know, it's a good launch pad for anyone who sort of wants to have a career in business. Yeah. So I joined HSBC out of college and mm-hmm. um, got to uh, work in, in London and, and Europe for a bit, which was great. Um, got to go to New York to, with HSBC as well as Chicago. Yeah. Um, and, uh, then spent the past sort of six, seven years in New York. And, um, that was when I decided I wanted to get out of traditional capital markets right. um, after having been trained, because I realized that there's yeah. you know, so many sort of problems and, and inherent sort of inefficiencies with it. And, mm-hmm. um, that's in, in about 2016, uh, I, I found, uh, or I sort of fell down the rabbit hole, as they say, <laughs> uh, with crypto, crypto and blockchain, mm-hmm. uh, just sort of the, the potential that it unlocks for, for the digitization of, of money and, and all the opportunities with it. Um, so, you know, fast forward up until uh, 2019, I had, I was with a couple of companies in the space, mm-hmm. uh, and then 2019, um, joined up with uh, my two co-founders, Ryan and Ben. Um, mm-hmm. Ryan is a Toronto native, um, mm-hmm. and uh, Ben is um, he's an Australian living in uh, actually he lives in um, Chiang Mai, uh, Thailand. Oh wow! Okay. So the three of the three of us, yeah, we have yeah. well, we have a distributed team. So there's there's yeah. there's kind of us at the company. Uh, we're growing quite quite fast. We we have a main yeah. uh, product on mainnet, and um, okay. Anyway, so. So we're, we're, what we're doing is I'm, I'm chief strategy officer there now and, and one of the co-founders and um, we're, we're sort of trying to change the, the, the digital asset space and, mm-hmm. as it's, uh, and take it to that next level by unlocking that institutional wall of money, as I said. Mm-hmm. Um, in addition to playing hockey and, and running my, my business, um, I, I love to travel when I can, um, mm-hmm. you know, which is this, this past 12 months been a little tough, but um love to do that uh, i also i'm an avid newsletter i obsess over newsletters i'm a mm-hmm. big time reader i think you know sort of newsletters newsletters have been my weapon if you will in terms of um learning quickly and, and uh-huh. digesting to, to, the, to the world that continues to move faster and faster yeah um so I, I actually as a result of that and my passion for newsletters i probably read like 40 to 50 a day wow. um <laughs> yeah it, it's and, and what that's actually done is it i we read quite uh, far and wide, so I, I have I, I refer to my sort of Elon Musk and some of the smartest people that I sure. I just kind of look up to. They were they call them or they use this skill of being a master generalist. Yes. So you you're able to recognize patterns and, and form analogies across a wide variety of subjects. And I believe sort of being a generalist in a in a world that continues to move faster and faster, where specialization is actually um, going to hurt you, right? Cause you're, you're yeah. not going to be able to sort of adapt to how fast the world moves. So I sort of pride myself on being a master generalist and, and, uh, have launched the newsletter myself, which is sort of a, it holds me accountable one. Mm-hmm. So I have a place to, to digest and put all of the things that I read, um, yeah. and into one place. And then I've sort of been building a community around that on the side. Mm-hmm. Um, it's called, it's called the balance. 
Um, okay. so I'm very much about sort of keeping balance in my life across the board as well. So, um, anyways, that's a little bit about me. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah, if you want to reach out or connect with me, um, I'm, I'm, I'm on, uh, um, Twitter, uh, as well, as well as, uh, LinkedIn. Um, you can just find me as Brian Mahoney on there. Um, so yeah. Yeah. Wow. Fantastic. Well, first of all, what what an amazing story and uh, truly international in every sense of the word. (laughs) But um, no, um, Brian, I really appreciate you coming on and I really hope the listeners uh, walk away from this discussion. Like, um, you know, as you as you alluded to in a previous conversation, I hope that they get their feet wet with, um, you know, with with blockchain. (laughs) Yes, definitely. Definitely. I think. uh, now is the time, right? It's it's exactly. we're sort of at this inflection point, so it's it's a great opportunity. But but do your homework, right? Yeah. Don't uh, yeah. you know make sure you know what you're doing, and and there's lots of resources out there. Um, just a simple Google search will you know you'll get plenty of uh, ways to educate yourself. But absolutely, um, yeah, that's it. That's it, Brian Mahoney. This has been an absolute pleasure. So thank you so much for coming on, and the, you know um, take care, stay safe, and uh, talk to you soon. Yeah, appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Thanks. Bye for now. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the B2B Marketers on a Mission podcast. To learn more about what we do here at Einblick, please visit our website at www.einblick.co and be sure to subscribe to the show on iTunes or your favorite podcast player.